how important is your relationship with your driver? Because um, I heard you say once you almost became too close to Felipe and when he had his accident in 2009, it, it, it was very tough for you and you said, well, actually, I don't want to get that close to a driver again. But how important is it to have that synergy and that, that strong dynamic in order to deliver performance? I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's important to have a really strong relationship with all of your... Um, well, with all team members, first of all, you know, it doesn't have to be sat in, an, you don't want to be sat in an ivory tower. Um, but definitely the drivers play a key role. And I think that I've always had, with, with, with all of the drivers that, that I've ever worked with, um, I've always had a, a good relationship, you know, whether that's from a, you know, running a department point of view or, or, a, or a race engineer or a data engineer before that, a performance engineer. Um, I think I've always had a, a strong relationship with with the drivers um, because they are in, in at sometimes the probably the most fragile link. They can be the strongest link in 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 the chain. Um, they can be the most fragile link in the chain at, at times. And you've got to understand that that actually, you know, as much as we as engineers, you know, we get a little bit of of the limelight and the and let's say you know the responsibility for the car performance it's them who go out on a Sunday afternoon on a Saturday and Sunday afternoon it's very easy that you know it, it, you'll very rarely you know look on I haven't got social media but you'll very rarely look on social media or the, the, the media in general and you'll see um, you know individual engineers getting slated but you will very, very often see individual drivers getting slated, and they're human beings, you know. As, 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 as you know, from the strongest, from the mentally strongest of them, you know, like Fernando Alonso, to the less strong of them, they all have their foibles, and they all need an arm around them. And sometimes, you know, it's just about doing that, or it's it's also about you know trying to understand their technical language as well. That's the other reason why you've got to you know have a good relationship with the drivers because they don't speak the language of engineers. Um, they have you know that some of them most of them are you know quite technically strong but you've got to you you've they, they speak a different language and you've got to understand that language well, it's more about feel for them than it's yeah. about actual knowledge of the technicality yeah they do they, they 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 feel you know all of them um they drive the car through their ass you know they 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 feel it through their fingertips and they feel it through 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 the seat of their overalls um and you've then got to have some kind of, you know, it's like the Tower of Babel sometimes where they're saying, you know, I, I often listen, especially with younger, you know, race engineers or whatever, is that they're saying something and, you know, the race engineer will be having a completely different conversation with them and you, and you kind of have to get in there as a translator and say, well, actually, what he's actually saying is this, you know, and, and kind of put that, that translation together. Um, others are very good at technically explaining stuff, um, but as I say, they do speak a different different language. But, but they do it from feeling, you know, they, they don't understand things um, at the depth of what engineers do. And nor should they, you know, because neither you could put an engineer in a car and, and get him to drive it at the speeds that, that the drivers do. So you've got to have that, that marriage between the two. It's interesting what you say about the vulnerability of drivers, both in terms of social media criticism. They are exposed, but also physically on the track. And as, as you saw from Felipe's accident, you know, he, he's the one that, that took the hit, you know, literally, and risked his life to that extent. And I think that must be hard in a way for you because you're, you're something of a puppeteer. You're pulling the strings, but once they're out in the cockpit, they're kind of alone to that extent, aren't they? 
Yeah, they are, and that's why I think they rely so much on their race engineers. You know, they they become their lifeline, if you like, that that you have got um, some link back to planet Earth um, while they're driving these machines. Uh, but and 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 I think that's why you've got to you've got to have that strong bond between between the race engineer and the driver. It can't just be a professional thing where you know it's all kind of robotic and and very professional and very clean. You've got to be able to. To, to have somewhat of a personal relationship because because when they're driving the cars at these very high speeds and they get themselves into a panic um, or otherwise they just you know they just want some link back to back to planet Earth um, back to the pit wall then then they need somebody they need somebody human that they can rely on and that link brings real nicely to your radio messages which oh, have become ringtones through here the years I mean that is, I think it's probably because well, I don't know. Listen, I'm not singling anyone out, but at the moment, when you hear an engineer over the radio and they've just won a race, you kind of want them to go, yes, come on, you bastard! <laughs> and sometimes they go, very well-driven, actually. Yeah. And it, you do, come on, where's the emotion, where's the energy? And we definitely saw a bit of emotion, a bit of personality in your radio messages, um, which kind of makes you stand out. Obviously, um, the most infamous one, uh, being in 2010... Do you have any regrets about the Fernando is faster than you moment in your career? Um, yeah, of course I do. You know, um, like what would you have done differently? What could you have done differently? I think I probably, you know, if I look back on it, um, I think I think as 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 a team, as a team, when what was that? It was like a pinball oh machine. Oh my or something. god! And honestly, this was this was the quietest area in the whole restaurant when we arrived at nine o'clock this morning and now it's the loudest so apologies for this what I would say was ambient noise it's not it's just dominating anyway uh, back to 2010 um, yeah I think I think as a team when, when we all look back we probably could have done things differently um, that's that's clear but you know regardless of that I think that what what could I have done differently I think you grow up you know and, and when I look back now I can't even remember what was it 2010 it was 10 years ago wasn't it so I was like mid mid 30 something like that um, definitely old enough to, to, to kind of know better but whether or not you always behave like that in the moment is, is another question uh, I think that you know you kind of get yourself in a situation and feel aggrieved at, at things um, and I definitely felt aggrieved that day that that kind of well we've done the hard work and we're winning the race you know and 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 you know Fernando if he is quicker then he, he can pass us um, so you know in that moment you kind of get wrapped up in, in, in those thoughts I think you know if I look back now um, it was probably I, I've never had a problem of team orders by the way I think team orders are, are part and parcel of the sport they always have been um, and they always will be um, you got to deploy them at the right time. You can't just deploy them willy-nilly, um, but they've got to be done at the right time, um, and they kind of got to be done inclusively as well. You know, you, if you do them on a on an exclusive point of view, where you know there's there, there's an inner circle know about the team orders, but then nobody else does. Um, I think that can create friction. So I think if you kind of you're all sitting down and you're being honest with the, with each other, you know, pre-season and pre-event, and you're saying, look, if this is the situation in this race, then there we will deploy team orders I think most rational people wouldn't have a problem with that um, whose decision was that then in 2010 was it, was it yours or did, was it a group decision what to, to deploy team orders mm. I mean it, it's kind of I, I guess it, it, it's a group 
decision in the end. But but in the end, you know, Stefano would 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 have made the, the ultimate decision that that he wanted to to deploy team orders. Um, what, so you have regret that you didn't stand up for that against that decision. What is your regret? No, the regret is that probably um, that that you know I I made it quite obvious that we were deploying team orders. Um, well, you should have been more subtle. I should have been more subtle. <laughs> okay, so we're going to role play now. How can you be more subtle? I am Felipe. You are talking to me through Team Radio. Go. Um. God, I don't know, to be Come honest. Come on, you played this out in your head. You must have done. No, I haven't. You I must haven't. have thought, I could have done that more discreetly. Well, for example, after after he got past, I said to him something like, oh, good lad, you yeah, know, good on, you, good on you, mate, for letting him pass or something like that. Now just stick with him or something like that. And I shouldn't have said that. Uh, you know, there's just, it's, it's, it's fairly subtle, to be honest, the, the, the changes that you would have made. But I should have... Um, we, we all could have done better that day. Right. <laughs> Well swerved. No, but do you say that you shouldn't have said that to him afterwards because it was rubbing salt in the wound? That you, you, you were just pissing him off by saying that, or you would you were accentuating, highlighting the fact that you had deployed team orders? The latter. Uh huh. Right. Okay. And your regret was therefore that you got a big chunky hundred grand fine. Uh, the regret was that. The regret was that that you know in the end I wished you know if if I have if I have if I could go back in time I would I want it to play out I'd want it to play out that we all kind of sat down pre-race and we said right this is what we're going to do um, and Rob you're going to have to do this at some point in the race and Felipe you're going to have to pull over if this is the situation uh, have a code that no one else can decipher yeah and and it just and it just kind of takes the sting out of it the emotion out of it mm-hmm. um but then, you know, the way that it then played out, you know, Felipe wasn't playing ball, was he? I think I told him seven times or something <laughs> like that. Uh, bless him. And, you know, in, in the end, you know, poor, poor Stefano was, was absolutely pulling his hair out because what should have been just an easy, you know, me telling him once and, and him pulling over um, didn't happen. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you can sit there before the race and agree something in principle, but in the heat of the race and drivers being drivers... They're not necessarily going to be compliant. No, I think that I think that if you have conversations, I think if you have adult conversations pre-race, pre-season, you know, we always try and do it pre-season now as well, and, and set out rules of engagement. Um, I think if you do that, then then it it, it takes the emotion out of it so much more. Okay. Um, I think if you're and, and people are allowed to voice their opinion as well. If we say right, you know, driver A is our number one driver, regardless of what it says in contracts, driver A is our number one driver. And driver B is you are our number two driver, um, and you know it, it's not so much about number one or number two, but but we will back driver A in the situation where there's a fifty-fifty. You know, I think Ferrari have, have done, you know, for all Ferrari gets slated. I think you know what Mattia did at, at the start of the season by saying, right, well we're going to back um, Sebastian when there's a fifty-fifty situation. I think that's absolutely fair enough. Um, and Charles will take that, given that he he's new to the role and he's learning. And this, you know, you'd rather be driving for Ferrari than at the back of the grid. Of course you would. Yeah. Of course you would. And, and and Charles will will definitely take that. Um, but I think I think you're dead right in kind of setting that out. And 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 what you do is you take all the emotion out of it. It's not just something that appears on a Sunday afternoon, and people go, well, where did that come from? You know, there was a narrative leading up to that. <laughs> 